Welcome to the Small Town Western New York Companion Podcast, where I spend some time in conversation with the people who live, work, and play in some of the other great towns in Western New York. All right, Joyce. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as we were saying before we started recording, so the... Um, so the back patio area, because uh, we had done the preliminary podcast with you last year for a few minutes, and I wanted to touch bases with you about this on, on this podcast for sure. So how did that end up going? Because there were so many people that I saw that were just loving that thing. Oh, it went very well. Very, very well. Um, we, like, every nice day that we had, we opened up, and um, people came, and they act, they really loved it. It wasn't even totally finished. Um, we are still doing a little bit of work out there, but it, it's really been taken off. We actually opened up a couple of days last week when we had the beautiful weather, and people right away came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's kind of what it is. It's like that with any business. I mean, you just have to get that established, you know, that oh, that's kind of like what your your MO is now. I mean, uh, I was there once towards the evening. You guys had the lights, I believe, on too, right? The Christmas lights. Is that correct? Ah uh, yes, yeah. yes. We were we were um, we just actually finished installing the electric today for the patio, so we will have the lights out there going. And that's awesome. The next you know time we open up the patio again, so yeah, it's very exciting. Whose idea was that? Actually, was that your brainchild or was it your husband? Uh, both my husband and I. Yeah, we, uh, we we saw what a beautiful backyard area we had and we said a nice patio out here everybody loves to sit outside in the summer and enjoy it it's so short-lived in our area right but also give us the extra seating too and you know a lot of people were calling and saying oh do you have outside seating and so we said we we got to do it so uh, yeah you know and i didn't even think about that too but right because you're just increasing your capacity by how many people you must be able to fit like 20 or 30 on that patio correct oh more than that actually it's, it's a good size patio and i actually ended up uh little bigger than what we anticipated, but that's a good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all, well, and it kind of future-proofs it, right? Yeah, you know, that's what, That's what you want. So uh, so for this year, have you guys added any new menu items or anything? Or uh, We haven't really changed our menu too much. Today we're always offering new features, new different dishes all the time, you know, just as they come to us and, you know, different things, different options. Sure. Uh, we put them actually on the menu, but um, we definitely always offer a lot of different different dishes. Oh, that's great, man. I've sent at least a half a dozen couples there this year. <laughs> so uh, and the ones that I've talked to, which is about half of them, just absolutely loved it. So, I mean, you can't go that's wrong great. with the place. I mean, the way that you guys did the interior and now what you're doing to the exterior, I, I think that it's just a beautiful... I, you guys have stewarded that place in such a beautiful way and you put so much care and love into it. Um, I think I told you last time we talked, I had been in there when I was younger and that was obviously when you guys uh, hadn't owned it. And when I came back in last year, I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, it's just, it a, was quite the transformation. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. How long did that all take? I mean, was that done over the course of, it took us a full year to renovate it. Wow. So and you, you weren't open during the renovation, right? No, not at all. We, right. we looked at the place and we talked to the uh, previous owners and um, we made a deal with them that, you know, we were going to put some sweat equity into it and uh, 
wanted to lease it for the beginning and then we would purchase it from them. And so we started working on it and thinking it just needed a quick uh, facelift, but it needed a lot more than a facelift. And once <laughs> we got into it, we were we were full into it. Yeah, it happened. That was, So we had our place in East Aurora next to the middle school. And when we started renovating that, it was the same thing. I don't, and you know, anybody I know, my brother-in-law just did his place in South Buffalo about a year and a half ago. And it's the same thing. I think once you start renovating, uh, you, you know what you're getting into, but you kind of don't. <laughs> You know, exactly. <laughs> you want- exactly. And, you know, you just think you're only going to do this one thing and then all of a sudden it turns into something else and something else. And well, what if we do this? And oh, yeah, I like that. And, you know, before you know it, all the walls are open, up, <laughs> the ceilings down, the floors are up. But it was well worth it in the long run because we definitely made the building a lot better. A lot yeah. Easier. Oh my gosh! The, the when you walk, I, it just envelops you. When you walk in, it's just this beautiful feel. You know, it, the the vibe is just perfect for it. And uh, you know, that's it's funny too because when you're renovating, it's no different than doing your porch too. The, the back patio. When you're doing it, you're like, you know, what the heck? We're doing it, so let's do it, right? Yes, <clears throat> exactly. Because you don't exactly. want to go back in two years and have to go through that again. If you're in the process, you might as well just make it the way that you feel at the time and and see it through. So yeah. Um, so now, have your hours changed at all this year from last year? Still the same hours? Um, no, we did change it a little bit. Um, we did open up on Wednesdays, so we're open up uh, Wednesdays. Uh, we open at noon to 8 o'clock, um, Thursday, Friday, noon to 8 o'clock. And then Friday, we open at noon. We go to about eight thirty, nine o'clock. We're actually probably going to increase those hours more as the um, summer comes along. Right. On Saturday, we're at 3.30 to 9 o'clock. Wow. Okay. And you guys have a full bar. We should mention that, too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, and the way that you guys have it, too, is great because you walk right into that bar area, but it's still kind of connected uh, to the, the restaurant there. Um, and now, as far as parties go, do you, you, do you guys rent out that? Because you got that back room there. Is that something that you guys will, like, exclusively rent out for, like, you know, like a, like an anniversary or a birthday or something? Yeah. Do you ever? Okay. And yeah, who, what we do is um, we're closed on Sundays right now, so we book private parties on Sundays. So you can come in, you can book the whole place on a Sunday, uh, sometimes on an early Saturday, um, because we don't open till 3.30 right now. Right. You can book something early on a Saturday, like a bridal shower, baby shower, stuff like that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, and that'll help, too. So, you know, having the exterior now and then the outside like that it will really help facilitate, like, summer events, too, right? I mean, for oh, people that, like, you know, because you you can have an indoor-outdoor type of situation as well. So, and you guys are fortunate, too, to have that parking lot. You don't have any issues with parking there ever, you know? No, not at all. Uh, and so many places are, you know, sometimes get into a situation where they have it. My brother-in-law had the same problem. We had the same problem in our place. And you guys just have never had an issue with that you got plenty of parking there it's easy access it's comfortable to drive to and if you're coming from the city it's a gorgeous drive you know out to east aurora if you're coming from that you can't go wrong with your location there absolutely i think it's great so um now you were telling me last time we talked about this ghost and we said we would expand on it a little bit <laughs> so uh can you uh ex- expand a little bit on that because i think that was a great story um, actually, it's just a great feeling when you come in there. You know, when we walked in there, we had a good feeling about the place and everything. 
Um, my employees say a few times when we're not there and they're there, they'll hear like, you know, somebody walking upstairs right. or they'll hear a door or something like that. And I always just try to tell them, just explain it away. It was just the wind or it was just, you <laughs> right. know. Um, and so it, it got to be the joke that if we're not there, the ghost is watching over to make sure everybody's doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's an unpaid manager. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think, uh, well, that building was what? When was that building first uh, made? Um, 1831. Oh gosh. So think about that. And I did the, uh, you know, the Springbrook, um, show and we had talked uh, with a historian and, and so that tavern, was that open when that was the plank road? Yes. Yes, it was. Wow. There was actually a toll booth not far from there. And, um, when the, um, people were bringing their goods to go into the city, the North star was the stop over there. And when they go through the toll booth, they would actually pay per horse okay. how much New York State. <laughs> <laughs> Even then back then. <laughs> yeah, they would come in, they would bring like their cattle or their horses or whatever. And because there was the fields and everything behind it, they could feed on that. People could come in, get something to eat and drink. And then they could actually rent a room upstairs for the night and sleep. So, oh, that's yeah. And we, you and I had talked about that last year as well, because I was like all up on that. How it was like, it reminds me of the new heart in. You know, if you could just like make that upstairs available again. Uh, but uh, that think about like the history of that place. It's just astounding, you know, oh, like absolutely. As, and I know when I do my show sometimes that I'm out filming, there's many times when I'll shoot a scene and I'll just really just sit for a couple seconds and just try to like really picture what it was like back then, you know. Yeah. Uh, and in the tavern is such I mean, no, that's a you are on the register, correct or no? The no, register. it's not. It's not. Well, okay, so that's a good thing, right? Because, I mean, just trying to touch a building that's on the register is a hot mess, you know, because exactly. you, you got to deal with all this, the stipulants of that. Um, but, you know, that, so it was, what, 1830, you said? 1831. 1831. So now, when we did the Springbrook show, um, so Mr. Streif had told me that down where the Springbrook was, where Springbrook got its name, there was another inn. Is that like a tavern? Are you familiar with that? I've heard some stories of that. Yeah. So it was um, – and look at me. I'm blanking out on my own series here. But uh, it was really interesting because in my mind's eye, that's – you know, you don't think, okay, well, how far was that? But during that time period, you had East Aurora, then you had the North Star, and then you went all the way down to this particular tavern. And that was a pretty – you know, it's a sizable distance if you're dealing with horses and buggies and, oh, yeah. you know, and goods, and especially on a plank road. Um, and that was, I think, all that was there for any type of, you know, hospitable, like, place to stay and, and get a bite to eat. Um, so, but you guys weren't, you're not really aware of what that one was at all? No, I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure what that one was. Yeah, yeah. It was just interesting to me when we were talking to, to Mr. Streep about, like, you know, it was amazing that uh, your place is still standing. And it was the first thing I thought of. I was like, you know, all these decades later, and he's another century, and here you are, and the building's in perfect shape still. So, yeah. Um, and is the exterior, to, it is pretty much what it was back then, correct? 
Uh, yes, a lot of it is. Um, when we opened up the walls inside, we took off like they had the uh, 1960, 70 paneling in there. <laughs> right. So we thought we would take that down and just paint while there was nothing behind it. Chief. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, right. it, it's much original. So are you guys now, after you've done all the renovations and you've done all this, are you pretty much settled in for the long haul at this point? No, we're still working on it. We're still doing things. Yeah. Um, we're, we're trying to do a few improvements um, as we speak. Um, uh, the entranceway, part of the building has siding on it. Other parts of it has um, wood still. Okay. Other parts still has like a totally different kind of siding. So we're still like, you know, there's some rot in some of the wood. So we're still like um, getting estimates to get some work done like that. Um, we've already changed out, um, all the windows on the front side of the building. So, you know, there's still a lot of 1831 stuff in there. <laughs> there's still a lot of 1831 in the place, yeah, <laughs> right? That needs to be brought back up to par. So, sure, sure. Um, so we're still, it's, an, it's always ongoing like that, but we don't mind it. If we, we're, when we get a vision of something and we see what we can improve on it. Right. Okay, well, let's see what we can do here. So well, yeah, a lot and, of people think that the place is a house because they've always seen it there and they always just thought it was a house. So we're actually working on getting some better signage in front and lighting and stuff like that as well, too, because even to this day, people come in and go, oh, my God, I didn't realize this place was a oh, that's funny. Yeah, you know, but that's only because I was in the restaurant business and we kind of knew all the restaurants. But, you know, you're probably right because, I mean, it does look like a house. I mean, that's basically what an old inn was. So uh, I never really thought about that. Yeah, I suppose that's the truth. You know, you just like you pass it every day, but you don't really know what's there. And if you don't see it busy or you see people coming in and out, right, if it's on an off right. day, then then who's, you know, it's none the wiser. Um, so... Uh, with the exterior then, so basically you're trying to get more uniformity to it, right? Modern, not, yeah. like update it a little bit and then get some uniformity. I, it's funny that you would mention that though, but I don't really, I, I guess the general public wouldn't, you would know it better. But when you pass there, you don't really see like a lot of variance with the right. exterior. But I suppose you're right. If there's any wood rot or you just got to take care of that because before you know it, you're looking at, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars to have something fixed that you should have fixed a couple of years ago type of thing. Sure. So... Now, what's your number one seller there? Do you have a dish that's your um, your go-to? Very, very well known for the pedagis. Um, everybody comes in, they they all, you know, oh, I want your pedagis. Got to have that. Our Polska best platter. Okay. When we first made up the menu, um, my husband said to me, Tim, he goes, why don't we put some Polish food on the menu and just see how it goes? Right. Says, are you sure? And he goes, yeah. He goes, if it doesn't go well, we just take it off and put something else on. And I sure. said, okay. Well, it blew everybody out of the water. And they go, please don't ever take this off. We come <laughs> here just for that. So, so now is that your recipe or Tim's yes. family? It's your recipe. So was it from yes. your grandma or that type uh, of thing? A little bit of everything. Kind of um, some of my mom's and, you know, just over the years of cooking and stuff and self-teaching myself. Um, just tried different ways and different you know styles on how to do it and came up with one that worked and and stuck with it 
I, I love too that Buffalo in the last probably since I was even a kid, um, we've really kind of established a lot of the ethnic dishes here in a way that, and we've commercialized them, but we've done it in such a great way. Do you know what I mean? Like each yeah. of the ethnicities here kind of really took a shine to saying, hey, let's kind of, you know, exacerbate this thing because it's part of Buffalo. It's part of where we all come from. And exactly. that's really cool that you guys do that. Do you have other Polish items on the menu? Oh, we do. We yeah. do um, gawunki. We do kapusta. We do Polish sausage. So I don't know we any do of that. <laughs> I'm Italian. So well, yeah. what are what are some of those? Can you describe some of them? Um, gawunki is a stuffed cabbage roll. It's got the ground beef with the rice in it. Oh, I've had those. They're delicious. Yes, they're very good. They're, people just love them. Um, our our paragis, we make them a farmer's cheese with green onion, and we do a potato cheddar, and we also do a sauerkraut and onion one. Oh, that's and perfect. Like I said, it's, it's, it's ongoing daily. We do homemade noodles on the menu that we fry up in butter, and then we top it with mozzarella cheese and broil it off. Oh, so that's so good. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the thing is, and you know as well as I do, and you're making them constantly, homemade noodles, I don't care that you just, it's never going to be equaled. I don't care exactly. what where you get it, how you get it, if it's homemade in the restaurant. It's incredible, right? And especially yep. when you fry it off like that and you get that caramelized, those little caramelized bits, you know, yep. uh, with the cheese. That's they can be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting hungry too, man. Uh, but that's awesome. So is that kind of like the, I mean, so that's a calling card then for, for you guys yes. for sure. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then how about like any like steaks or like ribs or... We do a, a premium pork chop and we grill it. And um, it, I had no intention of putting a pork chop on the menu because pork chops can be sometimes drier and you yeah, know, they're a hard, they're super right. hard to right, right, right. And um, I, I found this premium pork product and I grilled it off and we tried it and it was so tender and so juicy. I was like, we we need to put this on. Wow. And we have people that travel from three towns away just to come for those and once they've tried it and they always you know when they're there and they're leaving they'll see people coming in you gotta have the pork (laughs) well because you don't get it out much and when you do it is i've had uh when i lived living in california there was a couple places that i would get pork chops but they are they're hard to find on a menu and i think it's a confidence thing too you know if it's on a menu the restaurant knows what they're doing because yeah. you're not going to offer it if you, you know, and it, it is, it's a hard cut to, to make proper. It's almost like a brisket, right? Exactly. Like that type of thing. You kind of got to know what you're doing and you got to have the right product on the, on the front end of it. So, um, and what else do you have there? Um, we have, we do a shepherd's pie, which is made with uh, ground beef, um, corn, peas, carrots, onion, celery, and a nice rich gravy. And then it's topped with uh, fresh mashed potatoes, a little bit of cheddar cheese on top. And we bake that off. So that's a big hit as well. Um, We also do, um, for like different holidays, we'll do specials. And I'll tell you, St. Patrick's Day, we blow up with our corned beef and cabbage. You do? Yeah. You know, people go, we thought you were Polish. But you can cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen. It's all the same, right? In a way, right? It's all emanating from the same source. Um, right. And shepherds. And so like, well, go on. Like, it, like St. Patrick's Day and that whole weekend. I mean, we just bought cases and cases of um, 
corned beef and cabbage and we we slow cook it off and we do it in a beer and it just it's so tender it falls apart yet it's not dry it's nice and juicy so that's a huge hit so we always have to gear up for that day um we also do steaks we do a a strip steak Mm -hmm. um every saturday we do prime ribs so we roast off our own um a whole prime rib and we uh serve that our fish fries we're very well known for our fish fries um all of our salads are homemade um we do homemade german potato salad macaroni salad potato salad see and those yeah and those salads are like because you know the thing you know as well as i do and not to knock anybody and god knows who uses them but so much of the food that we get when we go out to eat now is pre-made from like cisco and but when you make a homemade potato salad or a homemade macaroni salad it's fantastic Right. The difference because it, it just it really like accentuates a dish as opposed to just being a side dish that you pulled out of a carton, you know, and yeah. so many restaurants do do that. Uh, so you're at home making everything there. Right? Everything. Yeah. All of our soups. We make our soups every day. So they're all homemade. Um, we have people that call the restaurant and want to know what day are, uh, am I going to make uh, cream of mushroom or beef stroganoff or kapuzniak soup. They, they what's all ca- have wait, what's, what's kapuzniak? That is a Polish soup. Okay. Um, it consists of roasted pork, Polish sausage, potatoes, carrots, celery, onions, sauerkraut, cabbage. It's in a nice, rich, like, chickeny broth. Right. Um, but... Once you've had it, you, you, you just you crave it. It sounds almost like a stew. It's like yeah. very full, right? Very rich. Yeah, very much so. Well, you see that, too, in a lot of the German and the Polish dishes, too, right? I mean, I think it was yeah. more, it's the climate that they had, you know, that they were dealing exactly. with. So you get a lot of these traditional, these heavy starch and heavy meat dishes. Um, so in the soups, too, you know, it's another thing. Soups are a very underrated thing. I mean, in general, like if you, when you're thinking about going out to eat, a lot of people don't think about soups, but. It's, they're good sellers. In our place, oh, it was the yeah. same way. I mean, it was astonishing when we started putting it on the menu. And we had never had soups uh, when we were in Buffalo until we moved out to East Aurora. And it was like through lunch, we couldn't even keep it in stock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, even though the, the weather gets warm in the summer, um, you think, well, people really don't want soup. But they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's, and when you really think about it, you eat everything else hot, too, in the summer, you know, whether it's a burger or a steak, you know, so. Well, it's a mental <laughs> image because we always have that mental image of, a, I think, of the hot broth, of a hot drink. And you know what I mean? Soup kind of has that correlation and that connotation to it. Uh, but, yeah, during the summer, we were just like soup it never stopped honestly we might sell a little bit more uh in the winter sometimes but not really it was a pretty steady thing so oh yeah that's great and it's funny too with your your restaurant because having like a shepherd's pie in your tavern is such like a an experience <laughs> you know because it's that's like just one of those classic dishes in the classic place like yours you know <laughs> you just get this like traditional Definitely. sense um, and then all of our desserts um again too right now all of our der- desserts that we're offering right now they're all homemade as well we do a homemade cheesecake you can have it plain or with cherries uh we do a peanut butter ganache oh um, god are you serious uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> homemade uh, apple crisp um, with vanilla ice cream and caramel sauce. We oh, do that. so good. 
um, we just and then we change out a few other ones. We do a, a mint cream pie that we do usually in the winter time, and then we'll switch that over to a lemon raspberry. So, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, so we definitely, you know, we're we're busy working all the time. Do you definitely. have do you have the um, as a, a dessert chef, or is that you <laughs> still again? No, it's all of us. We all I've I've trained all the people how to do them, and we've got a couple people who've mastered certain desserts. So we always go, "You're doing it today." And oh, that's the other great. Go, you do yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of vet everybody, right? Because we did the same yeah. thing, and some people just have a natural tendency towards one thing, and other people don't. So eventually everybody kind of finds their, you know, their place in the context of your restaurant, right? Like who Absolutely. does what and, and who does what better. So do you allow any creativity from any of your employees in, in the sense that if they bring you something like, hey, my aunt makes this great dish and she oh, gave me the recipe? all the time. I welcome new dishes all the time. And I, I, I challenge them all the time to get creative. Um, like right now, um, the wild ramps leeks are in season. Okay. And uh, I own some property where they grow. And so I brought some in and I was like, we have to do some dishes with this. So I um, did a few dishes with them over the weekend. And um, I only get, you know, it's a very small window. You only have about a month worth of, you know, picking time with them. Right. So, um, but I've, in the past, I've made a, a pasta dish that had the wild leeks in it, the mushroom steak, and oh, the fresh wow. made pasta. I've actually made the pasta out of the wild leeks as well. Wait, wait. So how start. do you do that? You made the pasta uh, out of the leeks? Yes. You actually incorporate the, the wild leeks. They're a nice, strong onion, garlicky flavor. Yeah, no, it's got to be great. So do you emulsify them somehow, like a little bit? Yep. yep. We put them in the food processor. Okay. And you make almost like a pesto out of it. Gotcha. And then you add that right in with your eggs and your flour into your dough. Right. And you get a nice bright green pasta, and it's just the flavor that's in there is just amazing. Do you know at our restaurant, do you know what I did with the pizza? So, and I never told anybody this, but so long ago it doesn't matter now. But we infused our dough. So we used a gluten-free dough. We didn't advertise it, but we used a gluten-free dough. And uh, in the context of that, because that has its own property of course and a lot of people would come in and be like wow your pizza's awesome but i think a lot of it was attributed to the gluten-free dough and it was how we made it as well there was a whole like technique that i was using that i stole from this guy down in buffalo but we infused the dough uh with some spices and mm -hmm. some some herbs and i'm telling you that little like effervescent kick when you bite into it and it kind of like just shoots off into your mouth up to your olfactory like that because it's like that with those leeks probably right it's the same thing yeah. like you bite into the pot and it's just such a like a spike of beautiful like it's just unexpected you know it is so, and the freshness that's there, it's just yeah, amazing. that's Yeah, that's exactly what I was alluding to. It's that freshness. When you bite into it, it's like a different thing. Because pasta can be real dull. Even if it's delicious, it still doesn't really have like a crack to the flavor. Right. But when you pop in like an infusion like that, that definitely like will give it. That's an interesting thing. So you basically make like a leek pesto almost, let's say. Yeah. And then you just incorporate that in the context of the, the uh, noodle dough. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. That's really cool. And like I said, all my other workers, too, they come to me every once in a while and they'll go, here, I made this up. Why don't you try it? I did this fried rice. And I was like, this is fantastic. We got to serve this tonight with something. And, you know, somebody else will go, what do you think about doing? And they come up with another dish. And so 
I welcome them all the time. We'll give it a try in the afternoon. We'll, we'll try a little sample of it and see how it comes out. And I'll say, run with it, run with it, run with it. <laughs> That's we so cool. Sell out. We usually sell out. So. Well, and people love that. And there's nothing like going to a restaurant and getting something that's unexpected and it blows your mind. Yeah. Right. And then you'll be telling everybody about it. You know, it's that type of thing. And that makes it really fun and interesting for you and your employees because it was just no different. And I, you can't just you don't want to make the same thing every day, day in and day out. Exactly. You know, it's not good for you. It's not good for the customers. You want that, like, inspiration. Even if it's a dish that every time you make it, it's beautiful. You still want that challenge, and you still want your ability to be creative in the context of what you're doing. So, and it's got to be really inspiring for your employees, too, knowing that they have an open door to you if there's something that, you know. Oh, yeah, without saying, yeah, they do. They enjoy that, you know. Um, you know, every once in a while, somebody will come up and go, have you ever tried this or that? And I go, yeah, we did. And it did not work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a beauty of having your own place like that, you know, as it the, is. it's it fun. Is. It makes it fun. It yeah. definitely does. It makes it fun for your employees and for you. Um, so, and then what about some other specials? Do, do you have nightly specials or... Yeah, we usually have a nightly special. We'll do uh, like a sandwich special for lunch. Usually we'll, you know, mix up some different things. We'll do like um, like a chicken salad wrap or a specialty salad. We like to get creative with the salads, especially when the, the warmer weather comes around and, you know, infuse different flavors together to, you know, really bring out like the freshness of what's growing at that time and right. what's available. So, um we, you know, we take a lot of pride on that, you know. And are you guys uh, a lot of things farm to table? Yes. Yes. A lot of that, what we do, we cut all of our own meats in house. Um, we, you know, I get the whole uh, pork loins and we cut that up. We roast off our beef. You know, we get the whole beef and we roast it off and everything and slice it. So. Oh, Joyce, that's huge, though. Yeah. That's we, a big deal. Do. Right. It it, it, yeah. I mean, it's. This way, you know, we know what we're getting and we're cutting the portion sizes. I get fresh salmon in um, every week and we, you know, we cut and fillet that up every week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it just when I find something that's very good and it works, you know, I stay with it. You know, well, yeah. And I think so when you do that, too, uh, you know, the whole uh, the magic of cutting meat and your ability to uh, discern what's good and what's bad uh, is so much different than getting something that's already been cut and processed and brought to you. Yeah. You know, and the freshness, too. And I'm a firm believer in like, you know, the more anything's processed, the less flavor it's going to have. And it doesn't. And yes, it's a natural product meat, but if it's cut and it's been stored and it's been frozen, it's been thawed. So you guys are getting this in, you're processing it and you're cutting it there. It's only getting handled so much and then it's getting prepared and then out to the customer. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. So I didn't ask you this before and I wanted to ask you this last time and we didn't have a chance to. But so uh, were you always like, I mean, what was your inspiration behind getting the place? I mean, was it something that you I mean, were you always a cook and then you just wanted to own a restaurant or was it more like you wanted kind of this whole package with what you have right now with this beautiful old building that you're stewarding and, and then have this great restaurant? Oh, well, I've always I always love to cook. Um, it started out when my, my boys were young. Um, anytime we had, uh, an event with like scouting or baseball or parties or anything like that, um, I would always cook and then, you know, we'd always make the food and stuff like that. 
and more and more people started coming to us and saying, hey, can you do our party and can you cook for this event? (laughs) And so I just always did it. I always enjoyed doing it. And so then it got to be like not only family, but families, friends and and beyond that. I started having people call me and ask me, hey, I was at your, your, you know, (laughs) <laughs> you started getting requests from I strangers. Know if, I can, if you would cook for my party. And right. so we started a catering business. So we started out catering and um, I worked with a couple of different restaurants to use their kitchens and that sort of thing. VFW posts okay. and uh, that sort of thing. And um, uh, a couple of VFW posts asked us to come in and do fish fries on Fridays. So, um, my husband and I did that. We did fish fries for the VFW post wow. and we would do the events when they would book a party. They'd say, well, people want to book you for catering. So <laughs> we started out doing the catering and, right. um, it started out, we needed a, a find a more of a permanent kitchen. So, okay. um, I knew, uh, Riley street station in East Aurora, right. They didn't serve food over there. They were just a bar, but I knew she had a kitchen uh, facility in there. So I called her up and asked her if, if she'd be willing to possibly let me use it. Okay. And she said, yeah, there's no equipment in here. You'd have to bring in the equipment. So we said, okay, we'll do that. So we went in there. We brought in all our equipment. And she says, well, why don't you cook some food for my patrons, too, and come up with <laughs> You kind of almost, you knew that was going to come, though, right? Cause yeah. She, you know, because she has this great cook, and now she's got a kitchen in her, in her establishment. Right. So, so yeah. we started doing food over there. And we were just doing, like, fish fries on Friday. And we were only open a couple of days just for, you know, a few hours. Well, more and more people started coming. So... It was just him and I at the time, and then um, it started getting a little busier, so we started hiring some employees, and then before you knew it, it just started growing so massively. Um, She ended up putting on the addition, so she put the dining room on. We were packed all the time in there. Um, There wasn't enough room. She put the patio on after that. She fixed up the front patio, so... She started investing money into her place because the food was just taken off so much. Wow. And we went from just a few hours, a couple of days a week to seven days a week. And we had 30 <laughs> employees. Oh, my gosh. So, I, I didn't know you guys were. I had no idea. I didn't know any of this. So Riley Street's growth was really attributed to, I mean, because it was a good place and it was a local place and it's been sure. there for a long time. But I didn't know that they didn't have food until you guys showed up. Yeah, yeah. So um, we actually, my husband and I were both also working our regular jobs at the time. And my husband had left his job to, you know, help run that a little bit more. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, it just it just was really taking its toll on us for, you know, trying to, you know, do that. Oh, God, yeah. Industry. Yeah. So we decided that we were just going to go back to catering and we got another kitchen. Um, we rented a space um in Orchard Park on California Road. Okay. And we set up our kitchen there. We went back to just doing catering for a while and taking a little breather. And then that's when um, somebody had called me up about uh, taking a look at the North Star. Um, right. There was a gentleman that was in there that was leasing it, um, and he had a partner that had left, and he was struggling. He says, can you come down and talk to me? So I said, sure. So we went down to talk to him, and I he was in over his head and right. he was struggling. And so before we had a chance to even really um, make any kind of a, um, arrangements or anything, he called it quits. 
Oh, wow. So um, we knew who the owners were and called them up and we says, you know, we're wondering if you're looking to sell the property, lease the property or whatever. And they said that they would be interested in talking to us. So uh, we sat down, we talked to them. Um, they were such wonderful people that had been in um uh, Patty, um, it was her mom's place and her grandfather's place. So it was in her family for over 90 years. Oh, wow. So I'm sure it was a little hard for her to let go, but it had been sitting there empty for so long and she knew none of her kids wanted to take it over. So she said she knew we were the right people for it. She said uh. she could feel that. So they were so wonderful to work with. They, they, you know, offered us an amazing deal. Um, we leased it for a little while and then we purchased it off of them. And I'll tell you, it's, it's been, it's such a great place. It, it makes us feel so at home and so warm when we're there. Oh, and well, you so know, thought, everybody feels years, like that though. After years of being in a business, people usually get burned out on it and they get frustrated and, you know, it, it just was, didn't have the luster it had and stuff like that. But we still walk out of there almost every night and we shut the lights off and we look at each other and I say, I still love this place. Uh, that's, and he said, so do I. Uh, and we walk away happy, you know. That's so. beautiful, man. And, you know, I come from that business. It's in my blood. It's how I was raised. And you're right that what you just said is so true. It's it's a very demanding, thankless business to uh, most degrees. Uh, and it's vitally important that you have that that you can because that's that's what feeds you do you know what i mean yeah. like emotionally and, and 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 just through your psyche like when you walk in and you're like wow this place is awesome and when you leave and, and knowing that too that there's a heritage to this place that honestly like it means a lot to a lot of people that just having that there i mean it's an older historical building it has a history and it's it's never been better honestly right i mean um, since i've been a kid exactly. I, I think what you guys have done there is just perfect and you're going to continue improving as you go but that's a really beautiful story and and having come from that that business i know what that's like you're like when you leave to still have that feeling is incredibly valuable you know it is it really is well and your employees probably feel the same way right i'm sure oh they do they do most of our employees have been there since the very beginning now, when you say very beginning, do you mean Riley Street? Like um, Some of them did come from Riley Street, and they came back because she remained open after we left. Right. Uh, she kept the crew that I had on there. She kept most of them on there, and so some of them went their own ways, and some of them stuck around. And then some of them did come back and work for me again. Wow. Um, and then, like, other people heard about us, came, they applied, we hired them. Right. and. We have a just such a great crew, and I mean, we treat everybody there like they're our, our family, you know. Right. And everybody has that that connection. And right from the day that we opened those doors to the public, everybody came together like a family, like that. And it was it, it was a strange feeling, but it was a good feeling too. I mean, sure. you know, not all workers always work well together. They fight like brothers and sisters yeah, yeah. or whatever a lot of times, you know, but it, 
it's still at the end of the day, everybody walks away and they're still like, we're all a big family over there. Yeah. And uh, listen, there's, I mean, you know, as well as I do, like you get into that, the restaurant is so, I was telling my doc, I had a five bypass surgery about a year and a half ago. And I was laughing with the doctors one day because, and this is, you know, no comparison, but to a degree when you're slammed in a restaurant and you've been slammed for hours and let's say you've had two people call in, the suppliers didn't come through on some things, you had to improv some (laughs) things you've got equipment issues and it's one of those days when the walls are melting down and it's about maybe the eighth hour into this you're in triage mode absolutely you know and we've we've done that whole song and dance quite a few times Um, (laughs) yeah you're just like you know and you know you got people walking out and people are crying (laughs) you're like trying to hold it all together uh the intensity of that business sometimes is just incredible and you know it's um and this isn't being a martyr to it but sometimes there's an addictive quality to it it's just the challenge of getting through those moments and then when you get it done you're like wow (laughs) you know we did that (laughs) and i think that bond uh it's not that it's trauma bonding but to a degree there's an element to that right because you're in this foxhole with each other and you go through so much in a restaurant that people you know even if they kind of understand it until you've worked in it for an extended a period of time and you've been through hundreds of those type of nights uh you don't really know like the intensity that it can build and the bond that it can build with the people so if you have a crew that has that element um and that's the hardest thing to build i mean you can't have a restaurant if you don't have a good crew Exactly. You know, exactly. it'd be you and Tim. And then imagine you and Tim would be like, you know, Tim, you guys are just kill yourselves because you can't do it with just two people. Right. You right. Know? So you need those people. And that's a testament too to you guys that you've had people for that long. Oh, it is. It really is. And, you know, like I said, like the majority of our people have been there. Like, you know, my, my main cook in the kitchen right now, he came in when he just turned 16 and he was our dishwasher. Oh, get out and, of here. <laughs> and he was doing dishes and we were short staffed the one day and I was yelling to him. I says, you need to come in here and help us. I'll show you what to do. And I was out of panic and I just showed him what to do. And I had him do a couple of things. I says, now go get me this and, and work on this. This is how you do it. And after the shift was over, I said, do you want to work in the kitchen? <laughs> you know, and so he's like, yeah, he goes, I kind of liked it. It was fun. Yeah. So many and people so get we that though. Yeah. The kitchen and he's worked his way right up and he's been there right by our side all the time. Ah. And the same thing with a, a couple of the waitresses and bartenders. They've been there since, you know, the first day we opened and right. you know, a couple of them even before that. And, you know, it's, and like we we go to each other's parties in the summer. We do uh, a Christmas party at the end of the year. And if somebody passes away, we go to the wakes. And everybody comes together for everybody. Everybody, you know, they they're all family now. You know. Yeah, and that's what makes your place. It, it really gives it its heart. You know, and you, you when you walk into a place that's like that, you feel it. You do. Mm-hmm. I think we all just we all feel it. And that's what you want. It's a restaurant. People, I think everything's so corporatized now that the value of what you guys bring and the other, you know, couple thousand family run restaurants we have in Western New York, the, the value is immeasurable because that's what you want. When you walk into a right. place, you want there's just like this beautiful group of people that you get to know. And I'm sure you have plenty of regulars and, every, and those regulars are just an extension of that. Well, that was the 
That was the biggest thing that when we opened the restaurant, you know, I says, you know, I know I can cook the food. I know we can make this work. But it, it seemed like all these people started coming in and I didn't plan on becoming finding all these new friendships and finding all <laughs> new I, I didn't plan on that and all of a sudden these people come in and it's like oh how are you and what, what's been going on and you know everybody and they're there every week yeah they come in all the time and I just I guess I didn't realize how um I guess famous it made me feel you know well, sure that, yeah <laughs> we're coming in to see us and you know we always made it um, a point to go out and talk to our guests, ask them how was everything, be honest with us, was everything okay? Sure. Um, you know, and, and we always talk, and we, we've just ended up making these friendships and these bonds with them. And now they come in all the time and we share stories about their kids and our kids. And, you know, oh, that's and it, great. it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. Well, you and, you know, I always, it was the same thing for our, you know, in our restaurant, people watched me from the time I was in the crib in the back room in 1968 until I was running the place in 1992 and 93, you know, and then you, you, these people, they stopped being customers within the first year, you know, and here we are 30 years later and these people are just part of the fabric of your life, you know, it is, it is. We used to have a gentleman that would come in every single day, sometimes two, three times a day. Oh, my God. And, um, he would call, and it would be like 11 o'clock, and right. he'd say, North Star Tavern, you're supposed to be open. Your door's not locked. <laughs> and he, he would leave a message. And the one day he walked around to the back door where the employees came in, and he'd come walking through the kitchen. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, so I said, Richard, you know the rule. If you come in the kitchen, you got to put an apron. Yeah, you get yeah, you get to work. And he goes, "Okay, what do you want me to do, boss?" And it was so funny. It was, you know, and we have a lot of customers like that. Like Tim and I, a lot of times, especially on a Saturday night after the long day and we've worked, you know, the whole week, we like to sit down and have a nice dinner together after, you know, every service is over. So we'll right. sit down. And we have the customers come up to us and they'll go, how is everything tonight? Did you enjoy your meal? And they always like, like to pull our chains. Like, right, right, oh, right. So much fun. Well, it's and yeah, so and the customers, uh, that's what I was alluding to. Like they become an extended part of your family there. And, and, and it's not even like their expectation isn't just about the food any longer. It's about seeing you. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's so funny how that like happens and it does happen. Sometimes you don't even realize it. And I don't think I really appreciated it until I started running the the restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Like how these, because you're just like, my God, these people have known me since I was in diapers, you know, and then they're still coming in like every other week. And I don't, I don't know. I just never really thought of them as customers when I was working, like with my parents, when I started running it, you're like, this is a customer. <laughs> this isn't like right. Joe or Don, you know, or Mary. This is like, you know, I don't know. It's a different relationship. That's all. And yeah. you do get the people that like end up walking into the kitchen, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and chit chatting with you while you're working. But, you know, they're part of your family. So I think that's and, you know, amazing. We found it too, that when you're, when you're yourself around your customers and you be yourself around them and you're upfront and honest with them about, you know, whatever is going on or happening, they can appreciate it. You know, we're all human. We all screw up from time to time. So if something happens, I go right out and I'll tell them, yep, 
that one's on me, so sorry, <laughs> you know, we ran out, or, you know, whatever the issue might be, you know, and they can appreciate that, you know, I mean, sometimes things happen with a takeout, somebody gives sure. somebody the wrong order, sure. or, and we'll get a phone call that I didn't get the right food, and Tim will say, what did you order, and he'll call, and he goes, what's your address, I'm bringing it to you, so he'll, <laughs> we'll order over, and he'll jump in the car, and he'll drive it out to them. Yeah, it's, well, the authenticity. Well, and see, that's how my parents raised me too, and I applied that to this business and any other business that I ran. And it, I never really, again, I, I don't think we appreciate things until we have some perspective on them. And uh, I, I, we're raised in a society sometimes where people uh, are just overly like professional. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. just, you're not yeah. authentic. And I wasn't raised around that. I was raised around just as real and as raw as you could get. So whether it was good or bad or indifferent, you're just wearing your heart on your sleeve. And, you know, and people treat you like a human being then because they know that you're giving them that same courtesy, you know. Oh. Absolutely. And Absolutely. The communication is so much different <laughs> that way. And that, you know, because if you have a problem, the second you, like, we would have managers that would come in and they might have come in from a place that taught them differently. And they were always like a little shell shocked, where, like, just be, I like, you know, because they're like, well, should I, should I? I was like, no, you tell them what happened. <laughs> you know, you don't sugarcoat right. it. You just be real and honest with them because there's no need to do anything else. But they came from these environments where everything was kind of like, you know, sidelined and, and shoved out and made excuses for it. <laughs> like there's no excuses there you know that's right that's right <laughs> and people respond to that so that's awesome man well that's why you guys have a, a great place and the future's like super bright for you guys and you guys are going to be there until you, you don't want to be there anymore and hopefully you can get it to somebody else who can steward it like you guys have Hoping all the grandkids could be, you know take interest I, i've already brought in a, a couple of my grandsons to do dishes a few times and they weren't happy about it <laughs> well hey <laughs> they i like, they yeah did like getting paid but they weren't happy about having to do dishes. And I says, well, if you do really good, you work your way up in the kitchen. I says, then you can be the next guy that's on that line or right. serving the people or making the drinks or whatever it is you like to do. I says, just keep that in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah, because so. that's the best. Well, listen, I start, I you'll go in there. I mean, we're breaking all type of New York State labor laws, but I uh, <laughs> would go in there when I was like six or seven. I had to clean under the dumpsters on Saturdays. Then I had to clean uh, the back floor. Then I had to clean the bathrooms. And then eventually I started like weighing the steak. We had, you know, we had these big like ribeye, chopped ribeye for the steak subs. It was a 50 pounder. It was frozen. And I, it was would take me hours to weigh this out, but I have to do that all day. Uh, so, but that's how you start. And, but that type right. of fundamental thing when you're a kid is really important, you know, and that's awesome that it you're is. doing that with them. It is. And I always, whenever we're doing anything, you know, whether they're at my house or wherever we are, I always try to give them a little bit of you know, like a lesson or, you know, you know, make them aware of what, you know, how we do things or whatever, sure. you know, and they always come up to me and they'll say, Hey, Nana, what about this recipe? What if we took this, this, and this, and they'll tell me different things. And I go, how about we try that? Right. You know? Oh, that's and great. And we together, I'll have them try it and, you know, see what they like. And I just try to always, you know, give them a little, you know, teach them a little bit about something like, and I says, always remember if you're going to do this or that, you know, like, my one grandson, from the time he could barely talk, he always used to come up to me. He goes, remember, Nana, always season your food. Right? <laughs> I taught him that from the very beginning, and he's never forgotten it. Well, that's but see, I learned to cook from my grandma. 
And it was the same type of thing, you know, and, and, and then my parents as well. But my grandmother was a huge influence on me like that. And she did the same thing with me. She'd instill that like sense of knowledge and it empowers the kids, you know, and, and, and cooking is one fundamental uh, life skill that so many kids just don't know how to do anymore. They're so intimidated by it because everything's pre-made and prepared and they shove it in the microwave and they eat. But when you can teach a kid to cook, it changes their lives. It does. It really does. And they enjoy doing it, too, then, you know? Well, and they see the creativity and the fun behind it. You know, they're just not intimidated. Because a lot of people, even as adults, are petrified to cook. <laughs> and I was like, what's the right. worst thing that can happen? You screw it up. Exactly. Like, oh, I can't do this. Again. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. Whatever comes out, comes out. I go, even if you make a mistake, sometimes some of the best dishes came out from a mistake. You never know. 100%. You know? Yep. Well, that's what happened with our dough. <laughs> the whole yeah, infusion right? story. Yeah, it was an accident. So, uh, and I was like, man, this is fantastic. And then I refined it and then that's the way it went. But yeah, that's what it's all about. That's so cool though. So you do have another generation kind of sneaking in there now. So uh, yeah. slowly coming up. How many grandkids do you have, by the way? I have five grandkids. Nice. And then two they of them. range from two years old up to going to be 16 almost. <laughs> nice. And so the two oldest ones are kind of then coming into the place then. A little bit, a little bit. But I told them, I said, you do what you want to do first. This right. is still going to be here. You, you right. find something else you want to do better, you go do it. But when I need you to dishwash, you got to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice. And as I get a little older, they'll, you know, uh, they'll appreciate it. And they've been around. So how long have you guys been there? Um, it's been seven and a half years that we've been open. Wow. Congratulations. Um, you you passed the five year. So. Yep. Yep. We did that. So. <laughs> Um, it's, it's always fun. It's always exciting. That's awesome. And I mean, but your history in the business goes way back. So, I mean, in the other nice thing that I think you guys did, which a lot of people don't do is you had such a sound fundamental knowledge of everything before you went there, before you got involved yeah. in that, you know, you guys were well established. You already knew what you were doing and you didn't go through that period of like, <laughs> you know, cause that it's jarring and people don't realize what it takes and you guys already knew and because you guys have been doing it and you had your experience with riley street too so exactly uh, you know it kind of all goes into the fold um all right so one thing before we go we we got super tangential but we were talking about specials and i interjected and i'm sorry but we were talking about your specials and then we went totally off um is there any other thing you want to mention about your specials um no, just that we, we have them often. We try to get very creative with them. Um, we've had a few people come to us a few times and say, hey, have you ever thought about having lobster? And I says, well, I said, I don't really have a calling for it. But, right. you know, when we have a special day or something like that, we'll do it. So we did it last um, last Mother's Day. We did a, a steak and lobster, and I believe it was on um, New Year's we did it. Um, and then just, you know, a lot of times, you know, people ask for something and I says, yeah, if I can make it possible, absolutely. I'll do it all the time. Um, we cater um, outside, you know, we do drop off caterings as well. Right. Um, and I have like sort of a menu online that desperately needs to be updated. But um, <laughs> I actually tell people when I'm talking to them on the phone, I says, if there's something you don't see on my menu, ask me about it. More than likely, I, I do make it or right. can it, you know, 
And most of the time I do. And they'll give me an idea sometimes of what they want. So I'll suggest different things to them as well. You know, I says, you know, they'll say, well, we had this one time and we really liked it. And I says, well, I do, you know, this sort of a dish and, you know, it'll be something similar. And they're like, yeah, that's what we're looking for. So. Well, see, but that's your strength. Yeah, well, that's your strength, though, too, because you probably, I mean, you've made thousands of dishes over the course of your career. Oh, sure. So you have such a knowledge base, which is a huge strength. I mean, that's what I was saying, too. You didn't go into this and you're like, okay, I've done this for other people and I know how to make this, that, and the other thing, but now I'm going to add what we have here, but I don't know. You know, you have uh, such a good, sound, fundamental knowledge of cooking. Uh, and then you've made so much over the years that that really is a huge strength to your business, you know, because you can do that. Somebody says, <clears throat> I had this dish and I was in this German restaurant. You're like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Or even if you didn't, you'll still know how to make it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If somebody gives me that challenge and they'll say, like, you know, my grandmother used to make this whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, really? What does that entail? And I get some information. And then before you know it, I'm in the back of the kitchen making it. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm trying to create it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you love it, though. Right? I do. I do. And that's how you know you found your passion, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, because you guys, you're stewarding this beautiful business, this beautiful building, and you love what you do. You guys have a great relationship. And listen, the best businesses are husband and wife businesses. Right. Oh, yeah. They really are. You know, it's what I grew up with, too. It's just uh, you're probably two sides of the the same coin, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they'll put the two of us in the kitchen together and they'll go, "Uh uh-oh. How long you been married? Here we go. 43 years. (laughs) Oh, Uh, my gosh. You're 43. (laughs) Wow. And they'll tease us. They'll go, oh, boy, who's going to take who out tonight? We laugh about it all the time, you know. But it's all good. We have a good time. We have a good time. So the employees will say, don't make us fire you. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, and they know you guys. (laughs) So uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, just uh, let the people come in and we'll do the best we can to serve them, make them good food, make them feel welcomed at home. We've got great cocktails. We do parties. We do food. Um, We're there for everybody. We want everybody to enjoy it. Walk away, feel good. Bring their kids next time. Bring friends next time. Stick around a little longer. Patio is going to be open. We've got two fire pits out there. So on those cooler nights in the summer, enjoy yourself by the fire. Have a sip on a cocktail and just uh, enjoy. That's awesome. Well, you guys are doing an amazing, amazing job. So I, I hope that this will be here when I have kids. <laughs> so good. All good. right. Very good. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Trace. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's about it for this episode of the Small Town Western New York Companion Podcast. Thanks for listening and remember to support the small towns of Western New York in any way you can. They're full of great businesses and people who would love to see you in their towns. The Small Town Western New York Companion Podcast, the TV series, is a presentation of Discovering Western New York and AA Augustine Media Co. and can be found everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.